a welcome to episode seven of the Out of Bounds podcast. You're rocking with two thirds of the crew this week. Unfortunately, I got Donovan. He had some issues as far like with scheduling, but he'll be back next week. But um, for those of you that are new here for the first time, this normally is a big three. But like I said, we're rocking with two of us today. But like I said, um, just hit that like button so if you're new. Hit that subscribe button. Also, hit that notification bell. It really helps us out with the YouTube algorithm. And also, it will help you out because then you'll be notified every time a new video is up on the channel. Now, with that said, my name is Adele, the fashionista, current manager editor here at Trevor Culture Magazine, a.k.a. James Harden. And I'm here alongside my boy. Introduce yourself. Hey, this is no awesome, you know, a.k.a. Kyrie. AKA Afro, AKA the third eye is always open. So, you know, there's we another here. one, bro. There's another yeah, one. Damn. I forgot. Yeah, AKA, AKA, AKA Mr. Hey. Euro, step two, your girl. You oh, yeah, forgot. I forgot. AKA Ice Trader Gang. AKA <laughs> Ice Trader Gang. Oh, AKA. AKA. <laughs> AKA uh, we hold it down for Atlanta. <laughs> so, yeah, no Thank Austin you. writer, uh, contributor, true urban culture. And we here. I'm here. This is out of bounds. I'm here consecutive. This is the third day. I'm here on third time. Consecutive consecutive week. Third consecutive week, moment. guys. This is this is third a pretty good hot. Week. I got a hat trick right now. So uh let's hope uh let's hope let's we uh, keep it. Let's go for that Joe DiMaggio. That fifty six K let's hope it keeps going straight, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, all right, man. You started off with kind of like a little jab with the whole ice tray thing, man. Like ice tray, Trey Young, McKinnon, the New hey, York man. Knicks. Hey, you know man. Atlanta. Atlanta's hot right now. We, we hot. The city's hot. You see, but Trey Young is ice tray right now. But you see, you kind you know, of me putting me in a situation where I got kind of be politically correct. It's Atlanta, that's the home turf for true urban culture. So I can't say nothing about bad about my people out there in Atlanta. Either I would hey, just man. say this: y'all are the most fair weather fans out there, and y'all did man. some grimy, and y'all did some grimy <laughs> shit during that game yesterday. Hey, man, say man, that place was not that packed. That place was not that packed. Y'all had to pipe in crowd noise. Nah, hey, 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 I want to be MSG so bad, bro. Nah, see, it's not Atlanta. It's Atlanta. It's Atlanta, you know, the dirty, dirty. So we we going to pipe up. We're going to do what we do. You know what I'm saying? When we win it. But when we lose it, we're going to let you know that, hey, y'all suck right now. Like, we got to. Now, now when you lose it. Now, nah, this this what y'all do when y'all lose it. Y'all don't show up. <laughs> That's what y'all Oh, for do. sure. We're not paying our money. We're not paying our hard-earned money. <laughs> y'all don't show up. Nah, bro. We're going we to drag race to Dodge Chargers and hell. Outside, bro. We not gonna watch y'all be sorry. Nah, we now nah, see that's the thing. Whenever the Hawks be sorry, hey man. But see, here's the thing about the city. If you're in Atlanta, you know if the Hawks are ever asked, the high school games are more piped up. When Colin Sexton was there, when Kobe Simmons was there, when Jalen Brown played in high school, they all played when I was like a freshman sophomore in high school. When the Hawks were asked, that's where you went on the weekends. You went to Wheeler, you went to Pebblebrook to go watch them boys ball because that was way more fun. Than uh, than uh, watching the Hawks be ass, and it's only like what seven dollars for a high school game rather than spending a lot. No, nigga, I'm going to watch Jalen Brown play. <laughs> you know, we're gonna go watch a high school kid play. Oh, I forgot Jalen Brown from Atlanta. Yeah, buddy went to Wheeler High School. That's my dude. That's my dude. Shout out to Jalen Brown. Shout out to the Boston Celtics. More on the Celtics. No, later. no, they racist. But I don't know about that. 
I don't know. I don't know, but it's so you know. Actually, actually, you know what? Fuck it, man. Let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. I think that's I think that's a good segue right there. Speaking, you claim that the Boston Celtics are racist. Granted, there's been many players that come out to say that, but also there's been some players that have defended Boston, such as Mr. Kevin Garnett, the Hall of Famer, the big ticket himself. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know what we're talking about, yes, last night during the net, Boston Celtics uh, playoff loss last night to the Brooklyn Nets in game four of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals. After the game, Kyrie Irving was belted was with a water bottle by a fan, and charges have been pressed against that fan. He's faced felony charges, and he's also banned for life from the TD Garden. Man, about to get fed time for a water bottle. I don't know. It's crazy. But prior to that, there had been an incident at Madison Square Garden where a fan attempted to spat at Trey Young. Ice Trey. That doesn't happen in Atlanta. Just like, you know, we do not heckle the fan. We do not heckle players here in Atlanta. Just like, Y'all you barely know. have fans, period, bro. Like, chill out hey, with that. Hey, hey, hey. We're not going to do that right now. But all right. Continue. But you know what? Yeah, man, yeah, man. And then prior to that, we had an incident where a fan threw popcorn at Russell Westbrook. So that brings us to our first topic for today. What should the NBA do to protect their players from fans? Is there anything we that need, they We need a Malice in the Palace part two, three, and four because y'all mm-hmm. getting too comfortable. Y'all getting too comfortable he- like heckling these players, right? I've been to basketball. I've been to a lot of basketball games. I've been to a lot of sporting events. I've played in a lot of the sporting events. Me being at sporting events, like, there's a line. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been to basketball games where we heckled, we trolled. I know we played one high school. We were in the we were in the stands. One dude was, like, trying to make a free throw. We'll say, like, his girlfriend's name or, you know, something like, like you know, like, we like, yeah, trying to troll him. Like, there's trolling. And there's being a fan, I get it. But there are certain things we get to a professional level that is just you stepping over the line. Like you testing someone's manhood. Like when Russell Westbrook was in Utah and that dude said what he said to Russell Westbrook, any 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 person with like confidence and security with themselves is gonna feel some type of way. And they try to make Russell Westbrook, they try to paint Russell Westbrook as like, why would he do this? It's like, no, like you're trying a grown man at work. Like, you have to understand, these athletes, they're at work. This is their job. And if you have never played a sport, if you've never been an athlete, you're in a different state of mind. Adrenaline's running. You're trying to focus on one goal. Someone gets in your way of that, you're going to snap on somebody. So it's like, are we really surprised that they retaliate or they act the way they do when popcorn gets thrown at them or, like, people say certain things to them? Like, no, I get it. You know, Russell Westbrook is a passionate player. Him being number one, the, the first incident was a popcorn. He's a passionate person when it comes to either fashion, his basketball, or whatever. Russell Westbrook is going to be passionate. So, you know, I saw the way he was upset. I was like, yo, I would be upset too. So I think for the NBA, the NBA has to set some guidelines or something because there's one thing being a fan. There's one thing if you're going to talk to a player. There's one thing if you're going to heckle them, troll them. You know, Drake did it. Spike Lee does it. A lot of people that troll players, and it's fun, and that's the that's part of the game. But there's a line. There's a there's a thin line between trolling and disrespect. And I feel like these fans are really 
tiptoeing on what is trolling with up. disrespect. They're going way above the line. <laughs> way above the line. <laughs> they, it's, one, it's one thing to say, fuck you, Trey Young, or like Trey Young's balding, but to like spit out of it? Spit at yo, Trey? Yo, oh, fam, you, you from New York. You from New York. Anyone spit on you, you've lacing up them Tims right now. Oh, yeah, for if sure. Anyone spit on, if anyone spit, <laughs> yo, they spit on you and yo, fresh Hot chopped cheese. Oh yeah, it's y'all bugging. <laughs> y'all fighting. He said oh, the all oh, black like, air forces. They all coming up. Man, not, oh winter time. It's the all black Tim's. Like you know, it's gonna be something's gonna pop off. So it's like, like if someone, like my thing is, if you take what they do and you do it to someone, a, a random person in the city, if you spit on someone, they're fighting you. If you throw something at somebody in public. They're most likely going to have a problem with it. So, what makes you? What makes these fans think that throwing popcorn at one freak athletes? Number one, clearly they can beat your ass. Russell Westbrook, six three, pretty yoked up for a point guard. He could probably beat somebody's ass. Like Russell Westbrook's beating somebody's ass. Like that's not even a question. So it's like if you wouldn't do this, what about in Kyrie? public, Kyrie? Kyrie probably don't pray for somebody. Like pray over a crystal or some shit. I mean, there's a holistic. He does like the holistic thing where he does like this and like he's yeah. like praying like a circle of crystals and just like so. But pray, like I mean, I get it. I mean, some people are pacifists. I understand it. Like some people are really zen to where that stuff doesn't bother them. But my thing is again to these fans, if you would not do this. To Russell Westbrook in public on the street, why are we doing this right now? You know he can beat your ass. You know, trying to like, catch a look. Try to catch a look. <laughs> try to catch, try a catch a look. Like basically, oh I like, beat my ass so I can sue you. That's basically all it is. That's what I think it is. That's all. That's the only logical conclusion that I could come to. Because I'm like, how do we not learn anything from the malice at the palace? It's in the palace, and we. J- I just saw like that video on Twitter, like last night and they like beat they like they just like shake people like steven jackson was beating niggas at like steven jackson and ron artest were fighting niggas and i'm only 21 so i don't really remember that but watching the video and my dad talk about it like I'm just thinking, oh, yeah, they went to the stands. They shook some people. Like, they beat them niggas. <laughs> like, they were punching people. Like, I'm surprised. They didn't, did they even get charged? Like, they, they didn't get, like, charged, like, like they on the law. Are you talking about the players or the fans? Like, the play, bo- I mean, both. Like, did anyone get charged? Like, the players action? face, like, like, heavy suspensions. I know that much. Yeah. I mean, like, they were – but, I mean – Maybe that has to happen for people to understand. Like these are still people, and I hate the notion with when it comes to athletes. Um, and I think we're gonna touch on Naomi Osaka later. But when it comes to athletes, like yo, yes, this is their job. Yes, they signed up for this, but they're still people. Like I don't get, I don't understand where this comes from with fans. Where it's like, okay, just because you watch them, just because they play a game and they paid a lot of money, that does not take away the fact that they're still human. Like, Russell Westbrook is still human. Trey Young, Kyrie, all these people are still human with human emotions. If someone disrespects them in a certain way, of course they're going to feel a way about it, and they may react to it. That's just a human thing that people do. So I don't, I hate that notion where it's like, oh, well, you make a certain amount of money by doing something that's relatively easy that, you know, whatever, whatever. 
you should be happy. Like, that's bullshit. Like, let's just call it it's bullshit because you're still yeah. human. That doesn't take away the fact that, like, that doesn't negate the fact, okay, he makes $100 million for dribbling a ball. That doesn't negate the fact that he's still human. Like you pay it's, to see it's dumb. It's, it's dumb. Yeah, you, it's like it's like going like my thing is like take these same people and treat it like the opera or a theater or something. Are you gonna if someone in the opera theater messed up? Are you gonna heckle them? Are you gonna spit at them? Are you gonna um open popcorn or whatever at them because they messed up or because of whatever? Like it's kind of like the same thing. Like yes, sport, sports fans, you you heckle you jeer, that's fine. But again, they're still human beings, and when you dig spitting somebody, throwing stuff at them is degrading them as human, and that just isn't right. So anyone's gonna feel some type of way about it. And I think they said like Kyrie, like oh well, kind of Kyrie kind of called for it when he went to the Boston Celtic, and like I think he like scraped his yeah, foot on the logo, on the, yeah, on the yeah. logo. Yeah, and I mentioned about KG, like that's what Kevin Garnett was talking about in his IG story, like. Are we just gonna look past the fact that Kyrie basically stumped all over Lucky? That's the name of the uh, the Celtics. Who the master. fuck cares, bro? It's hardwood. <laughs> like it's hardwood. Like if if you put your whole life and passion into a sport, a fictional sports logo, my dude, you gotta either go out there, talk to some women, no. or socialize. Because I don't understand why. That like I get having team pride and team spirit, but it's hardwood. It's a logo. I get, I get it, bro. But sometimes these team logos—that's as sacred as the American flag to some people. <laughs> you know? Okay, but like, see, again, like, but see, it's like college football, right? Because it's like college football. Because I'm a University of Miami Hurricane fan. Shout out to the U. Right? It's like them playing against Florida State. And they just stomping on the logo. Like, honestly, the Florida State play, they're going to take offense to it. My thing is, I don't understand why no Celtic came up to Kyrie. Like, yo, like, that's not happening. You know, because fuck the logo for a second. All right, fuck the logo. My thing is, this man is basically, your former teammate is basically disrespecting <laughs> you on your he said, court. He's like, nah, y'all niggas ain't shit. Kyrie's like, bro. <laughs> Kyrie's like, bro. I know I play here, but y'all, I don't know about y'all, bro. Celtic pride, Celtic pride is supposed to be a thing, and it seems like it's, the fans have more pride than the players. Boston point. is racist. Boston is racist. <laughs> the city's racist, I, man. I, <laughs> I, I get, and I, and I get that, but at the same time, but I look at it like this. I feel like some fan bases, especially Boston. I feel like they make exceptions with certain people. Um, certain people, like for instance, Kevin Garnett is forever loved in Boston because he brought them a chip. Paul Pierce brought them a chip. Ray Allen brought them a chip, but I don't think they feel him that much because he went to the Miami Heat. Big Poppy from the Dominican Republic, Boston Red Sox legend. Big Poppy's you know, not so. black. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right, that's a yo. That's a future topic. I'm not black. That's a future topic for that's a future topic for Tuck Talk. Shout out um, to all my Dominican people. We love you. You're still yeah, black. Shout, you can stop by the police, bro. It's we it, it's still going, you know, it don't matter. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter. 
Shout out to all my Dominicans, shout out to all my Cubanos, shout out to all my Boliguas, shout out to everybody out there. Hey, 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 hey. Okay. Yeah, I'm on the boss, man. We we got we got that last <laughs> play right here. We got that last hey, play right hey, here. Hey, hey. Nah, man. Nah, but I mean the exception thing. I mean, that's what I mean. I grew up in the suburbs. Like, I've been an exception all my life. Like, that doesn't mean what they're doing is right, though. Like, like there are people, like people with that have prejudice or are racist, but oh, KG, he's one of the good ones. I've heard that since I've been in elementary school. Just because you fall in line with how they do things, that makes you a good one. That's valid. Is that real? Like, is that really a good thing to say? Like, Katie, like, oh, my God, in Boston, they love me. It was like, yeah, because you didn't do nothing to make them angry. But what if you were really KG? What if you really yourself from wherever you're from? Are they really going to fuck with that? Are they really uh, going to be nah. with No, nah, I, I have to push back on a little bit on that because KG, he was always himself in Boston. He even basically told Danny Ainge, because I remember this on all the Smoke podcasts, um, interview that he did. He basically said to Danny Ainge, like, bro, like, first of all, you gonna talk to me as a man first. I'm not one of those little yes boys. I'm not Paul Pierce. I'm not like Burr. I'm not Robert Paris. I'm not none of these dudes that came over here. You're not gonna just talk to me as Kevin Garnett, the basketball player. You're gonna talk to me as Kevin Garnett, the man. So I think he Damn. was I think he was accepted for who he was. He wasn't like no Uncle Tom and no Uncle Ruckus and no shit like that in Boston. Yeah. I just feel like with Kyrie Irving, like it's first of all, no fan has the right to throw anything at a player whatsoever. But <laughs> you know, yeah, you know there's a butt coming. You know there's a butt coming. Boss, I can hear it. I feel like Kyrie Irving, he kind of like gaslights most of these situations, so to speak. Because for one, before this series started, he basically called out the fans. So he automatically made himself a target. Talk about racism and all that in Boston. He basically, because my whole thing is, is this is how it goes in life. Like, sometimes the energy that you put out there in the universe, in the universe is what you're going to get back. So, Kyrie, he put that out there to the point, like, hey, like, these fans over here, they're racist fucks. They don't like black people, whatever case it may be. So, he automatically he made himself a target. And then last night, he's basically stomping, like, wiping his feet on the logo, adding more gaslight to the fire. So it's like Kyrie, like bro, like you're not all like Grant. I know it's kind of paid, like it does not warrant what happened. Luckily, it didn't hit him. By the way, that's a great by the grace of God. But it's like, come on, bro, like you're not innocent in this. You know what I mean? It's like somebody getting almost like somebody getting in your face, right, and kind of antagonizing you, and then you get tired, and then they and then that person smack you in the face, and then you going around saying, "But you see, you see, you see what I mean?" It's like that's kind of what he did. Yeah, I mean, I, I see that point. I mean, should Kyrie like should Kyrie have went to to center court and like did, like I I saw the video and it wasn't like anything dramatic. I don't think he went like stomped on the face, but he went to the center court and like kind of wiped his sneaker on the thing and just dapped up somebody and walked off. And my thing is again, being an athlete. Like, I get your point where it's like, yeah, Kyrie shouldn't have went to center court and did that. And, yeah, that maybe probably could have warranted the bottle being thrown. But, um, I mean, again, as an athlete, I I get it. You play in a place where you don't – like, I get where Kyrie's coming from because it gives you an edge because you played in a place that you know they don't like you. 
So you gonna make you gonna kind of lean yeah. into that. You gonna, you gonna, gonna really lean into true? that because uh, like I don't I don't recall like Celtics fans like. Oh no, they hate that nigga. <laughs> they, well, no. they hate, they, no, they, no, they hated Kyrie before the series. You know, when he when he first went to Brooklyn, when he first was traded, and they came the and played Boston, he got booed. He got booed. They were saying he wasn't shit on Twitter. Like Kyrie, they do not like Kyrie. I have a friend who's a Celtics fan. He likes Kyrie, but he tells me like, yeah, there's a lot of people in Boston that do not like Kyrie at all. So it's like that that kind of hatred for Kyrie has always been there ever since he left Boston, or I guess the way he left Boston, they always kind of felt a certain way about him um, all when he comes back. So, I mean, like I said, like being an athlete, I get I get that edge. You kind of want to lean into it. You want to lean into the fact of like, y'all don't like me, so I'm going to give y'all a reason not to like me because that kind of, for some people, that fuels you. I mean, I've played games, and, you know, if, if people don't know, I grew up in it. Uh, north part of Atlanta suburbs. So you, I'm a play sports against teams that don't like black kids. I played a lacrosse game where they called me the N word. They they barked at me like I was a dog. I was the only black kid on the field. And every time I scored a goal, I went to their field and put I scraped my cleat on their logo. I did the same thing Kyrie did, and probably a more hostile environment than he did. <laughs> the only black kid on the field. So it was like you want. I get what Kyrie. If he was trying to do it to get a competitive edge, I get it. Because sometimes that fuels you. The hatred, hate and love are, are like sort of the same thing. So you want, it kind of fuels you to be better. Because for that game, for me, that fueled me. You know, those people not liking me because I was a certain color, because I was different, that fueled me to play better. And maybe for Kyrie, every time he plays in Boston and they hate him and he does a little a scrape on their logo, that gives him, for, for him, he's like, Oh y'all hate me? I'm gonna give y'all reason to hate me. Oh yeah, now I'm finna drop forty on y'all. Okay, y'all can't that, do that I think about that. First of all, that's fucked up that, that happened to you, but that and I'm glad that you basically like you let them have it with what you did. But that's the circumstances to me is kind of different because you was mostly like the most like the only black kid out there. Kyrie is basically on a team with most of majority black men for the most part. Yeah. So my yeah. thing and Terry like Terry Rose, yes, yeah, Terry Terry. Terry Rogier was like one of the most popular players on the Boston Celtics during like that 2000, what was it, 2018 Eastern Conference Finals? 20, yeah, 2018 with him, yeah. Jalen Brown, and Tatum. Yeah. And that dude, he looks like, not to like, um, not to like stereotype my own people <laughs> like that, but like, come on, but he's he a nigga. <laughs> he was beloved in Boston. Kyrie Irving has always been like this little preppy dude from like New Jersey. His dad was from Mitchell's Projects in the Bronx, but he didn't really grow up in that type of environment. He went to Duke, you know, and then over the course of time, he just became like this little, this revolutionary warrior yeah, out of nowhere. called Kyrie Grant Hill. He called Kyrie Grant Hill. <laughs> yeah, I'm basically, like, I, let's keep going. He's basically I'm, Grant Hill at this point. I'm basically calling him a square. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm calling him. Like, it is what it is. Like, he was a square. So it's like, all right, like, what reason does Boston not have not to like you when you first – Outside the fact that, and don't get twisted, like Kyrie Irving, he basically called out the head coach. He basically called out his teammates. Well, case would be say that basically like the offensive run through him, like he should take more shots. He basically is talking about how like like there's like like some you know how he kind of try to play like the LeBron role. 
You know how sometimes LeBron then he could like say some shit to the media to kind of like, I mean, try LeBron, to LeBron play. has that luxury though because everyone's exactly Kyrie thought he did. Kyrie thought he did, and the Boston and, media and don't know that he don't have that. And, and so I guess that's what he got. I think Kyrie for me on one of my on my list of one of my favorite players to watch play and just at person. Um, if I ever get the chance to interview Kyrie, I will jump at the chance because I think Kyrie is the most interesting person. But I think his downfall is is that the one thing, the couple of things for me when it, that whenever I get to interview Kyrie is to question him about that is like, do you think your do you think your role is bigger than it actually is? Because when you play against LeBron James and that when LeBron is your teammate, you see LeBron do certain things that a lot of people can't do. And I feel like when he was in Cleveland, he saw the way LeBron demanded for things or the way the basically certain things LeBron does that a lot of people can't. And I guess Kyrie felt like, oh, I was here before you. I can do that. And it's like, bro, you're not LeBron. LeBron. And that's okay, though. You're not LeBron. You know, it's okay. It's like, like, the whole Paul, it's like the whole Paul Pierce and Kobe thing with Paul Pierce. Like, I want to like, like, bro, you're not Kobe. Bro. Like Kobe it's okay like, that you're not, but you're, you're not Kobe, bro. <laughs> like, like, and Kyrie, it's okay because you're Kyrie Irving. Like, they, like you don't have to, like, you're Kyrie. Just be the best Kyrie that you can be. But you're not LeBron James. Like, LeBron James definitely, ask any NBA fan, he has a threshold or he has a luxury to ask, say, and do certain things because he is the face of the league. Kyrie, you're not, no, you're not there yet. Like, there's a lot, honestly, right I now. I won't, won't ever be, honestly. It, but, but the thing is, like, that's, that's okay when okay. we're talking about yeah, all okay. of it. If, when we're talking about Hall of Famers, when we're like, yo, that's okay. If you were the best, you. Uh-oh. The league, right. like you want the face of the league, but you were still a great basketball player and an all-star. That's okay. So my thing is like, even when it comes to, even when LeBron retires, I, there's a lot more people probably going to take that spot and it's not going to be Kyrie, and that's okay. You have Luka Doncic when it comes to international players. You have Kevin Durant, who's still in the league. You have, I think, someone else um, sooner or later, Devin Booker. I feel Zion like Devin Williams. Booker. Zion, Zion. Zion Williams washed. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> that may be my first tech of this whole podcast, but I don't believe in the Zion hype. I don't believe in the Zion hype. Wow, where's Dalvin when you need it? Uh, <laughs> for real. Um, I mean, you have Joel Embiid. You have Anthony My Edwards. man said Devin Booker, but not Zion. Shout out to, uh, shout out to Atlanta's own Anthony Edwards, Ant-Man, uh, for sure. Like, there's a lot of players coming up right now that when LeBron retires are going to be first ballot for the face of the league, and Kyrie's name is not on that ballot, and that is okay because Kyrie is Kyrie. And if the Nets win a chip this year, I think Kyrie cemented his his career. You know, if he wins another chip, he has what? That'll make what? Two? Two rings. Two rings. So you got two rings when a lot of people don't have one. Two rings, a lot of all-star appearances. And if and even if the if the Nets stay together and they have the they're the new Golden State Warrior dynasty and they win three, four chips together, after the third or fourth one, Kyrie's good. Like you had a great career. That's okay. So I think Kyrie. We have to ask Kyrie the question, like, do you think your role is to yourself? Do you feel like you have a bigger role than what is in the present right now? Because I feel like I feel like he thinks he has this big role where he can com- command certain things, and he just doesn't have that right now. And he doesn't have that. Every time that you're not, you're not him. 
You're not him. You're not him. So it's like you have to ask yourself, it's like, yo, my like low-key kind of has to ask himself sometimes, like, yo, am I doing certain situations? Do I do this to my he definitely does it to himself. Therapy. He definitely um, does it. You know, my dad, he's like, sometimes you cause these situations. And I think as a person for growth, you have to understand sometimes you may cause certain situations. That's okay. You just have to grow from these situations. And Kyrie has to ask himself the same question. Like, yo, am I kind of causing some of these situations that happen? Just a thought. Just like with this, just like with and, this incident. Like, uh, as unfortunate as it was, I think he was the cause of it because, for one, before this series started, he basically called out the Celtics fans, which was didn't need to happen. By the way, he basically wiped his floor over the logo. Didn't have to do that. A lot of shit that happens to Kyrie is his own doing, and he mm-hmm. needs to stop playing a victim like this whole "woe is me" type of thing and try like put race into it because man, like I know that there's definitely racism in this world and there's some racial elements happening within the NBA with some fan base. Utah Jazz fan base being one of them. But Utah my thing is with Kyrie being top two. Yeah for sure. For sure. But my thing with Kyrie is this is it more so racism is the fact that you don't like Boston is it do also or is it the fact that you felt some type of way when that team basically went to the Eastern Conference finals when you got, got hurt you. Oh, yeah, yeah, without you, you were there. They went to Eastern Conference Finals. The following year, you came back thinking that you was the man. Tatum, Jalen Brown, them dudes, they didn't respect it. Y'all losing the second round, basically got washed by the Milwaukee Bucks. Following year, you're in Brooklyn. They go back to the Eastern Conference Finals without you. So is it rooted in that, Kyrie? Is that really what it is? And you just using this as just like a like a backdrop? A yeah, pity party or like exactly. petty, being petty or just being petty and being petty like y'all gonna do this because y'all did this without me. All um, right, so we so let's be for real here, Kyrie Irving. Like let's be for real, you know. Yeah. Because for every Kyrie Irving that claims that Boston is racist, you have Paul Pierce, you, you have, have KG, Roscoe Parish, um, Terry Isaiah Rozier, Thomas. Isaiah Thomas loved it, Boston. He didn't want to leave. Damn. You know, they did him dirty. You know, they did him dirty after he still played after his sister got killed. Hey, Thomas, he found, he found them white home. women. He found them white women in Boston and was like, yo, we lit. You know what I'm saying? We, we good yeah, out here. Bro, like, good. So, like, for every Kyrie complaint, there's plenty of examples from, like, our fellow black men that love the city of Boston. <laughs> fellow black men. I mean, and, and I'm not going to knock any job opportunity I have if I ever want to work in the NBA media escape any team, you know, I love all teams, you know what I'm saying? I love every team. I don't mind being in Boston. Uh, <laughs> Great political. I mean, for political reasons, for sure. Uh, but, like, I, I get it. I mean, I, I get I get that certain things happen. There's a lot of players. Like, even Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is a quiet, like, even when you really look into the Boston thing, like, to have a player like Jalen Brown, I mean, to have a player like Jalen Brown on your team who's educated an educated black dude went to cal really intelligent and is vocal about black lives matter and plays in probably one of the most racist i was i'm not gonna throw that label on boston but a pretty prominent city when it comes to racial situations when it comes to sporting events to have jalen brown play there and jalen brown really hasn't said 
too much on it, I think kind of says something. Like, it's there, but it's fixable. Because Jalen Brown still plays it. Like, I feel like if it was overtly super racist, Jalen Brown would be the first one to be like, hey, bro, like, nah, this – this ain't it. Like this is not. If I'm not, right now. if I'm not mistaken, Marcus Smart had a racial incident in Boston. If I'm not mistaken, oh, that happened like what a couple years ago, I think. Yeah, I remember. I think I know what you're talking about. I think that happened a while ago. Someone said something to him. I feel like something said. Someone said something to Marcus Smart. I think when he was like leaving the arena or something, and he like, and that I think it was like the ending of a game, and someone said something, and he had like a knee jerk reaction. And he kind of got to get – he had to be, like, held back. But um, but he still yeah. – he loves it there, though. He loves it there. He, he's still there. He's still hooping for the South. <laughs> he's like, hey, yo, that money's still good. He's a fan favorite all there. So, like I said, for every time I mean, you're over, there's plenty of examples that a play that speaks to the contrary. But the thing is, but we can't diminish Kyrie's experience because Kyrie probably yeah. could have experienced some really racial undertones his time in Boston and his time – um, in Brooklyn, coming back to Boston. So For I mean, sure. so I'm not yeah. going to discredit Kyrie's experience. And there's a lot of players that also on the back every for every KG and for every Marcus Smart, there are also others that like like Marcus Smart or like Kyrie or somebody that has somewhat experienced a racial racist moment in Boston. So it's kind of it's kind of fifty fifty. There's like it's still like. Both sides are right in a sense. Like it's happened before, right? right. But like, but like I said earlier, like the energy that you get is the energy that, that you put out. And Kyrie Irving put out a lot of negative energy towards the Boston faithful. And it's to me because today's Memorial Day. Shout out to all our veterans out there. Thank you for your service. But it'd be like no different, right? If I was to like complain about America, which I have every right to do, but if I was to take an American flag. And wipe my nose with it, and then I have like a bunch of white people like coming at me, or even not so much white people, because black people serve in the military as well. But like, let's say first on this example, like a bunch of white people, because it's white people that Kyrie's calling out in Boston. But if I was to, like wipe my nose with the American flag, and, like wipe my ass with some shit, that boy said slap. He said slap yeah. with the. <laughs> and and like, so we said we want to sell with it. And then white people coming at me, send me a whole bunch of death threats, call me a a, a, a nigga this, nigga that. Or Poor like, 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 I cannot get mad. <laughs> I cannot get mad at them. if Basically, because I gaslight the whole situation. It's no different I mean, here with Kyrie Irving. I mean, that situation specifically is unique because we do live in a country where you have the freedom to do that. Like the, the people, but people have the freedom to consequences that come with it. I mean, for, I mean for sure, but you do have the freedom to do that, and you do have right. to, I guess, adhere to the repercussions that do come with wiping your nose with the American flag. I mean, people burn the flag. We have the right to do these things. So I mean, like, like you said, you have to adhere to the consequences that do come with those actions. So I mean, I get it. I, I mean, I get both sides, but I think I'm a I'm gonna I'm gonna stand with Kyrie on this one just because like I get it from Kyrie gonna stand with no, Kyrie. No, no, no. I'm a, the only reason why I'm staying with Kyrie is because I get it from an athlete's point of view. If you're trying to get the mental edge, you're trying to like lean into like you know the bad boy pistons, how they leaned into being the bad boy pistons. And Kyrie, like like how like how I told you guys, 
it's entertainment. It's TV. There's a story arc. If Kyrie wants to be the villain of this year's playoffs and that and that story arc to make the series better, and he kind of leans into it to give that competitive competitive edge. That's just what he does. Does that warrant people to throw well, things at him? Really you no. Know? And, 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 and like you said, and like you said, and I think you said you're like, yeah, that, and it's still. I mean, it's, and it still doesn't warrant them to do that. I think we both agreed on that. Yeah, but I sure. think where we differ, where we differ is where for me, I get it. I mean, I get some of it, and and I also agree with you. Whereas, like sometimes he kind of does invite this energy to come back at him. So I, I agree with you on that point. But I also understand Kyrie, where it's like if you're an athlete, you're gonna taunt, you're gonna do things to like if they think you're a villain or if they don't like you already, you're going to lean into that villain role because when you win and you beat them and I'm the villain and y'all hate me, that's it I I just get that. I get that point of view. So I think Kyrie, you know, does he invite this negative energy, negative uh lighting? Definitely. <laughs> I was gonna say definitely. sometimes, but you know, definitely there is there is where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think when when it comes to Kyrie, when you kind of engage a certain way, people will react. And like you said, like you can wipe your nose with the American flag. You have that freedom, but you have to adhere to the consequences that come. So yes, Kyrie can, you know, like for me, you can lean into that villain role, but you have to adhere to whatever the consequences are. But there is a line to those consequences. You're in a sporting arena. You're at a sporting event. You can say all the shit you want to say. You can do what I like, but there is certain things you're just not going to do. And disrespecting a player just as a human being, that just crosses a line for me. Uh, so that was definitely that was definitely uncalled for. But I'll wrap up the whole Kyrie discussion by saying this. Like Kyrie basically he expressed his freedom to basically like he chose to wipe wipe his his sneakers on Lucky, the Celtics mascot. That's cool. He expressed his freedom. He dealt with the consequences. A fan threw a water bottle at him. The fan decided to throw a water bottle at Kyrie. That's that's his right to do so. I guess he felt offended enough to do so, and that's what he did. The consequences: he did not in jail, facing felony charges. He can never go to another Celtics game again. <laughs> was it worth it? Was it worth it? Worth it. But and then he missed. Like if you gonna do all that and miss, yeah. man, like you did all that and missed. If you gonna do, it, you better connect. If you go, you gotta commit, bro. If you go, if you gonna throw something, bro. You better hit him. You better connect or something. Like you yeah, did all that, <laughs> just throughout, to... throughout all of this with the whole Kyrie situation with like the fan with the water bottle, Russ and the fan with the popcorn, those was not the those two instances were not the worst offenses over the course of this past week of playoff basketball. It happened at Madison Square Garden where fans spat at Trey Young. You know, well, like that's, that's fire segue. Speaking was... of Trey Young. <laughs> <laughs> During COVID, at that, which is oh yeah, crazy. during COVID, during a during a time where we still have to re- be required to wear masks, at least in New York, Atlanta, them niggas don't care. Uh, <laughs> Atlanta been open since since COVID. Uh, so if you're in Atlanta, you know, you've been to eleven forty five lounge, you've been to all the lounges, all the hookah spots still open. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but speaking of Trey Young, uh, spitting thing. We already know fans got a line, but I don't got my Trey Young jersey on. But uh, I think my AC is at sixty six just to to commemorate that boy Ice Trey. 
Ice trade yeah. again. You know, ice trade. I have to say, say it's like the Knicks is making me look real crazy right now because huh. during last I week's episode, why. during last week's episode, I mean, I try to make a case for Julius Randle not only just being most improved player, which I think he deserved, but for being an MVP candidate because the Knicks were basically mm-hmm. picked to be like a lottery team going to the season. Now you sound you you. What were you smoking? I know New York just legalized weed, bro. Like if you went to a dispensary, just say that because this man said that Julius Randle deserved to be in the conversation. He's barely he in the conversation now to be most improved, he just did. off this series. I think he. I think he made more sense to Steph Curry and Hans like if Steph Curry's not in the playoffs. You still going? You going down that hill, huh? I'm gonna die on that hill. Okay, and, and I don't mean to sound like a Knicks fan because I'm not. I'm a Mavericks fan and a Celtics fan. <laughs> Bro, choose a location. You I in the I'm south, a... you in the north. <laughs> I know you're not talking, Mister. What? A... Nigga, nigga, you got like three NFL teams. Like, whoa, I mean... whoa, bud, whoa, bud. I'm a Chargers fan. I'm a fan. A I'm a fan, fan. of Chargers. I was a Jets fan when I was a kid. They irritated me. I'm, I've been a Jets fan all my life, but they irritate me. And like the San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers are like the side chick that you got when your main chick basically are the Jets. You got your your sunny, bubbly West Coast girl, and she chilling. So you go, you go be, you go be in LA a couple of times to watch the game. Oh, that's wild. They actually go to Super Bowl. And if she's enough to be the main chick, then she the main chick. That's how that's how LA Chargers are to me right now. The Jets got to do better because if they don't, the side chick here about look like damn near about to win a Super Bowl. So uh, I don't know. That Chargers cool. jersey may have to be ordered. Who gonna the win Chargers? The Chargers. <laughs> All right, we we not gonna drift far. So we are <laughs> not gonna do that right now. We talking about Trey Young. Anyway, uh, Trey Young. Knicks. Yeah. I um, trade the new Reggie Miller. Of the NBA, he basically uh, at this point, like he's a villain. He's a villain at the guard. Oh, he's a villain. Got, the thing is, my man got people spread COVID on him, like <laughs> with no. You have to understand, Trey Young is in Atlanta. It's in he's in Atlanta because it's like I remember watching the first game they played in Atlanta. He got a foul. I think what well, it was a dude named Bullock, and he got in his face. And Trey Young is like what six foot one, six two. Trey Young is pretty, I guess, short for uh, a point guard. And like Bullock is significantly taller than him. Trey Young looked at him and was like, Yeah, yeah. He dabbed that John Collins. He said, I was like, But he really in Atlanta because <laughs> if you know in Atlanta, <laughs> what you doing? Nah, we, <laughs> not hey, you say that little hey, man. Hey man, I'm telling you right now, people in Atlanta, they, they, like, they, like, they're not afraid of it. I give them that. They're not afraid of it. So Trey Young ha- definitely has been in Atlanta for a couple of years. Definitely has has a Hellcat or two. You know, he he tasted the lemon pepper wet. You know, from hot chicks in Atlanta. Shout out to hot chicks in Atlanta. They are good. Shout out to uh, American Deli. But he had his he had his batch of lemon pepper wet. With a peach drink and some fries, so he he's he's like, bro, I'm valid. Is Trey Young valid in Atlanta? We don't know yet, but definitely Trey Young. He has that attitude. Wait, so he's not valid in Atlanta. I think I think Trey Young is valid now that we're in the playoffs and now that he's like has that attitude. I think Trey Young is valid. I mean, I'm not the spokesperson from Atlanta. I'm from the suburbs. I'm gonna have to get one of my homeboys here from really from Atlanta to tell me. But for me, what I've seen, I think he's valid. That's just me, but. I think Trey Young he he definitely has that attitude now. So basically, Trey Young is like a bad uh, 
like a bad game or two away from being like Julius Randle in New York, where like you're the toast of the town, and now we don't give a fuck about this nigga no more. Nah, I mean, even when we even when we drafted him, we all were like, oh yo, we lit. He's the future. Like even when we drafted him, and he had he's had a couple games. Like his first year in Atlanta, he was kind of he had to settle in. People were still kind of shaky about him. So I think we're past the whole like we're past that. We've seen Trey Young have bad games and stuff, so we're kind of past that we're now where he's kind of Trey Young is comfortable now with the team that he has where he is himself and he can play um as himself and is only up from here so I don't think Trey Young is that's disrespectful to Trey Young to even put, <laughs> to even put Julius Randle the same sentence as Trey Young that's kind of disrespectful wow. uh, one was an all-star this year and the other wasn't wow but who's gonna have more than one All Stars in his whole career? I think Trey Young, but that's just mine. Well, this is probably gonna be the first. All right, all right. First of all, they both play two different positions, so that's one. And two is based off of health. Three is based off of team records. Now, I think the New York Knicks is more set up long term to be a more so of a viable playoff contender than the Atlanta Hawks. I see. I can agree with that because the Knicks they they're gonna have the cap space. I can agree with that. And all they basically need, all the Knicks are right now is a point guard and a couple of shooters away from being like a legit championship team. Julius Randle right now has proved that he cannot be the vocal point uh, of a franchise. Yeah. He's, he's a, Julius Randle is a good number two. Yeah. Julius exactly. Randle is going to be your Scottie Pippen. Exactly. He'll, 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 yeah. Um, I think Atlanta, if we're going to flip it, I think Atlanta, they, if they even win this series, where they going to play the Nets, that's not even, I mean, I'm a Hawks fan, but even, mm. No, that's gonna be Philly next. Philly next. Philly? Oh, yeah. someone said we play the Nets. Oh, if we play Philly next. That's gonna be interesting to watch. Um. Yeah. Anyways, that's gonna be interesting to watch. But um, Actually, I think it's, Trey, it's not even gonna happen. Knicks in seven. Knicks in seven. It's not gonna happen. Knicks in seven. So we good. Anyways, um, <laughs> Trey Young. Uh, <laughs> I think I think the Hawks they need another big time scorer to help Trey Young. I think Trey Young has a good. I think the Hawks are is a team full of role players. Besides Clint Capella and Trey, besides Clint Capella, right now, man. I mean, I mean, they're killing it. But I mean, when I say role players, it's not in a bad way. But the only stars, plural, I would say, again, Trey Young and Clint Capella. After those two. Like Trey Young is gonna guarantee you some buckets. Clint Capella is gonna guarantee you some points in the paint for sure. After those two, Gallinari, John it depends. Collins. John Collins, it kind of depends. Bogdan. DeAndre Hunter, DeAndre Hunter, dear God, it depends on a lot of shit for DeAndre Hunter to do anything. Um, it just depends for the rest of them. I think the only other consistent one is. I would say Kevin Herter from outside, and maybe the guy from this from the Kings. I can't pronounce his last name, but Bajanovic. Yeah, you know he's pretty. He has a pretty good three point percentage. So I think again, it's a, it's a team full of role players. So I think the Hawks, if they want to get to that championship, stat, but I mean, and they're playing their role, and they're I mean, and it's good, and they're playing good basketball. But to get farther in the playoffs. Like they they met their goal of let's get to the playoffs. Okay, now we're here. Now we have to build to let's get to the championship. Cause y'all may y'all y'all in the door. Y'all have enough to get to the door, but you guys have enough to 
to play a team like the Lakers but you see, or the Nets. Thing, but you see, that's the thing with your fan base. Your fan base is very fair weather. Like how you said, like the goal, like, all right, cool, like you're in the playoffs. It's unfortunate here in New York because the Knicks, let's, like, let's be for the Knicks, they're not a championship contender. I'm going to tell y'all right now, Knicks fans. Y'all not a championship contender. Y'all never was. Y'all <laughs> wasn't going to the season, and y'all still not right now. He said, hey, yo, pull up in my borough. We can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, pull up too. We can talk about it. Um, but um, it's like, yeah, but the Knicks, it's unfortunate that here in New York City, the expectation is a championship or bust. Whether it's the Yankees, the Mets, not so much. Rangers, kind of so, you know, they're rebuilding right now. The Giants and the, the Brooklyn Jets, Nets at this uh, point. Brooklyn, no, but, no, but to me, they'll always be the New Jersey Nets to me. <laughs> they'll always be the New Jersey Nets. Every New Yorker says that. Even my friend was like, yeah, nah, they still the New Jersey Nets, bro. Like, there's, nah. <laughs> like, nah, I'll be, like, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, New York would probably be a Knicks town. Always probably be a Knicks city. But my thing is, is like, and this is the overall question for this topic here, is, like, is the season a failure for the Knicks if they lose in the first round? I think to answer the question, I don't think it's a failure because it's a resurgence. I'm not a Knicks fan. I've never been to New York. I only got friends from New York, so I, I just live vicariously through them. But I think it's a resurgence of what the Knicks used to be when Melo was there, when uh when they had a team, when they would be in the playoffs. So I think is before Melo got there and Amari was having no squeak of like 30 plus point Amari games. Amari said, oh, he said, oh, he said, those are the days. Yeah, I was, um, I was working at the guard around that time. Man, it was man I don't know. I, do I think the season's a failure? No, I wouldn't say it's a failure. I mean, for New York standards, it may be a failure, but as an out-of-town basketball fan, is it an overall failure? No, because y'all used to be hot ass. Like, y'all used to be the laughing stock of the league. Low-key still are, but y'all were a hot ass. And now y'all made the playoffs with Mitchell Robinson. I don't think Mitchell Robinson's playing. He's still a good center. Julius, you have you have a bubbling star in Julius Randle. Give him a, a – he got a couple years under his belt. And then if y'all draft, well, yeah. And then acquire some people during free agency, yeah. Like, y'all do. Like you said, y'all have a – y'all a few pieces away from being a, ch- a contender. Um, so is it a failure? No, not y'all. I'm not a Knicks fan now. I'll just make it a case ah. for me. I, I mean, nigga, you're in New York. I'm in Atlanta, so I can't say y'all. I'm in Atlanta. I'm in the South. I don't. I ain't got nothing to do with that. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, like, yeah. I think they. It's not a failure. I think it's just growing pains with, um, growing as a team and finding like, oh, this works. All right, cool. Let's build on top of this. So it's not a failure. Yeah, and plus, like, this is. This is the first playoff series for Trey Young. He's doing well so far. He's established. If this is the truth, this is a basically what it's gonna look like for him in the future. He's gonna have a very solid legacy in terms of like playoff in you know, moments in Atlanta. Yeah, and, and I feel like I feel like if Trey Young stays in Atlanta, and I feel like if they really give him weapons around yeah, they Trey could be like Young, the Golden State Warriors of the East of the South. I was about to say the Golden State Warriors of the South. If they give him weapons like Golden State gave Steph Curry and they draft well, they can be the Golden State of the South. I can see that. Um, and I feel like if Trey Young stays in Atlanta, his legacy will, you know, like Atlanta's a loving city. Like we love Dominique Wilkins. We love, you know, the highlight reel, the human highlight reel and all of them. So I think. Yeah, I still love Tra- Michael Vick. No, we still love Vic. Nah. Yeah, that's it, a, nah. Yeah, I still love it. 
Oh yeah, we still love Vic. There's a Michael Vick. No, nah, there's not a Michael Vick. There's a Colin Kaepernick Atlanta Falcon Memorial by Morehouse College. So I Why? think. <laughs> Don't do that, bro. <laughs> that was that was during the time that was. You said it so why? disgusting. You said why? <laughs> now that was during the time where Colin Kaepernick. That was like when he was freshly out of the league, and people wanted the Falcons to pick him up. They kind of did that. They got the afro. Yeah, get the afro. <laughs> Hey man, come down to Atlanta and say that. Cause they're like, hey, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in Atlanta, I'm gonna be in Atlanta. Shameless plug. I'm gonna be in Atlanta later on this upcoming August for Tuck Fashion Week. So, all, all my oh, yeah. Atlanta, they're they gonna, they gonna, gonna be on your, they gonna be on your head top. They're gonna be on your head top. Well, yo, yeah, what'd yeah. you say, bro? What'd you say, cut? Yeah, what, what, what? Nah, they gonna. Mm. Yeah, but like you said, like these guys are establishing their legacies. Julius Randle as well. This is his first playoff series. Hopefully, the first of many to come. And hopefully those performances will be much better than what he has shown thus far. Granted, it's not over. It's not over just yet. It's not over. You got to win four games. We've seen plenty of series that were 3-1 where, like, the Polar team came back and won the series. It happened just last year with the Nuggets and the Clippers. You know, so it could happen again. I'm just saying it could happen again. I'm just saying. But speaking of legacies, let's focus our conversation on two players that have firmly established their legacies as veterans in this league. CP3 and LeBron James, two guys that are playing that probably the most pivotal and the most um, critically acclaimed first round series thus far between the Phoenix Suns, headed up by Chris Paul, and the Los Angeles Lakers, headed up by LeBron James, the four time league MVP. Right now, the series is tied 2 2, and guys are banged up. CP3 played hurt. Has with his read game. Anthony Davis unfortunately went down with a screen going in the first half yesterday. So it's looking like right now LeBron James is gonna have to carry the Lakers on his broad shoulders. You know, he said like his shoulders are built for moments like this. So we'll see what happens there. But um right now it's a two-two series. Pivotal game five is always the most pivotal in, in any series. But um at this point, with CP3 representing the two season, Phoenix Suns was like it's crazy. The Suns is probably like the most slept on two seed there ever. 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 <laughs> it's like the underdog. And and shit, like I picked them to lose this series when we first. And they're the two seed. And they're the two seed. Disrespectful. That's a good show. Like LeBron James, one of the top five best players in the league. And no, he's not one, two, three, or four on my list. You know, but. Hey, man. But, but yeah, he's representing the 17 year Lakers. They, they're the defending champs. I guess you could say that LeBron's legacy is somewhat solidified, especially because he won a chip in LA. Because that's basically like the pre—that's like the prerequisite to being like a Laker great. You know, you mm. gotta bring a chip to LA. He did that his first year. CP3 never won a chip, but this mm-hmm. might be like one of his last great opportunities to do so. He has a great young nucleus in Phoenix, but uh, right now the question that I present to you is. Whose legacy is more at stake here? Is it CP3s or is it LeBron's? Because LeBron never lost in the first round. Um, I'm gonna say LeBron just because I think CP3's legacy for who Chris Paul was in the league already cement cemented. Um, Chris Paul's legacy go, is already cemented. I think cemented in the fact that he's gonna be like you know he has All Star, he has plenty of All Star appearances. He hasn't won a chip. Um, probably gonna go down the list of a one of the great point guards because I think to me, in my opinion, he is. I mean, 
He's and I want to say the greats like oh my god this man is like Magic Johnson time like but he's gonna but he's gonna be on that list of point guards we look at of like true point guards like true point guards Chris Paul's on that list for sure um, so I think Chris Paul's legacy is somewhat I guess somewhat summed up but he still has some gas left but I think this hurts LeBron more than CP3 because I think what last year when he left the Rockets and he left the Thunder. We were like, oh, everyone was saying CP3 is done. Like, oh, yeah, he's done. Like, after he left the Rockets and he left OKC, everyone was saying, like, everyone kind of bowed out for him. Like, oh, he's done, for sure. He's he, he's done. Everyone kind of really gave up on the Chris Paul championship ring situation. So uh, Chris Paul is in a situation where a lot of people didn't think he would be in, the two, uh, in a team with a two seed. People thought he wouldn't even be playing right now. So I think – he has, I want to say nothing to, I mean, I guess he doesn't really have anything to lose. I mean, he's see, he's on a young team, a really good team that's playing well right now. He really got nothing to lose. He's just playing ball. He's hooping. I think LeBron has more to lose because, like you said, he hasn't lost in the first round before. You go to a big market like the Lakers where you got to win, you know, where you got to win a chip. You won a chip last year. You're the, you know, you're the returning champions. And, you know what I'm saying? You're not the one, two, or three seed in the playoffs. Like, that says something. So I think LeBron has – LeBron's like eh, – eh, yeah, LeBron has more to lose in this situation than Chris Paul does for sure. Um, yeah. You hate – we all – oh, we're, we're – for everyone to know, Liddell has this love-hate – not love-hate, this hate-hate relationship with Chris Paul. For some odd ass reason, he for just like this. hates Chris for Paul like this. For shit like this, because I don't understand, and I'm hate that I'm in this position because I'm not a fan of neither one of these guys here. But I have respect for their talent, especially LeBron's. I don't understand how a man that's won four league MVPs, four championships, three, four championships, but with three different organizations. I don't understand how that man, basically with a hop, with a team that's basically had little rust since the bubble, same with the Miami Heat, dealt with injuries. Anthony Davis, the best player on the team, is out right now. But yet, his legacy is more at stake rather than the guy who's on the team with so much younger talent a superstar Devin Booker whose game is kind of reminiscent of Kobe Bryant, except, I guess, less athletic. 2C in the West. Basically, the Lakers are hobbled. You knock them out. Most likely, you're going to be the clear favorites to make it to the finals. Basically, at this point in time, you were an underdog 2C. But right now, things have changed. Anthony Davis is hurt. Great, he's not out for the series. That's not has been officially ruled. Ruled. Um, that has officially been um confirmed. He hasn't been ruled out. Yeah, he hasn't been ruled out. Yes, he hasn't been ruled out. But it's not with screen groins like shit like that. Like it, that's not like a day to day type of thing. So I don't understand. Basically, like, if anything is like all right, like these motherfuckers are wounded. Like, like oh, you guys no, sure. at this point. So, like, you oh, got yeah. motherfuckers out the way. So, there's no excuse now. LeBron James is not the LeBron James of last year or two years ago or anything like that. Like, 
He's yeah. showing signs of all the time. He cannot he's, dominate he's, a game like he used to. He's he's showing his age, and that's okay. Exactly. Exactly. The thing is, like LeBron. I mean, even LeBron's seventy-five so percent is better. So than how the fuck of, is LeBron's legacy more sick than Chris Paul's? I like. Chris I mean, Paul like. I mean, but like I said, his leg, like, like I said, like LeBron is on this pedestal of like, like, like you just said, he's on the Lakers. It's adamant that they win a chip. They're last time I checked, they won last year's championship. So you, you're the reigning champs, and you're not the one, two, or three seed. And you got LeBron, Anthony Davis, got all these people of free agency. I have never seen Serge Ibaka touch the court. I know Serge plays for the Clippers. My bad. Marcus all playing. Um, you have a decent bench. KCP. Yo, they're playing Marquis Morris right now. <laughs> and I'm going to play like four minutes the whole series up until this point. They are they are searching for bodies. They might play. <laughs> we need, to, bro. They are McDonald's right now in the job market. Like, bro, we'll give you an iPhone, a MacBook at fifteen dollars an hour, bro. Just just play, bro. Just just do anything for us at this point. Yeah. So it's like. I, 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 like I said, I'm going to just end this segment on the fact of like LeBron has more to lose because just because it's like you're supposed to win. Like you you told us like I still got more in the tank. I know I'm 36. I know I'm whatever, but I'm still the best in the league. Hey, well, we y'all. Well, the Lakers need vintage LeBron James, where he took that trash ass Cavaliers team to that to, to the to the finals. They need that LeBron now. So it's like if if he could pull it off, then LeBron still got it. And if he can't, LeBron has to come to the conclusion that age has caught up with me. And granted, he's still a That's phenomenal basketball player, but you can't do things the way you used to do them. You're not vintage LeBron. You did. You're not the LeBron that you used to be, and that's okay. Because, like, when Mike went to the Wizards, okay, you still – you Michael Jordan, but you're not the Mike you used to be. You know what I'm saying? So, LeBron, is he coming out of his – this is – this is, to me is going to be the, the – it's going to answer the question of, is LeBron coming down from his prime? You know, can LeBron still do it by himself like he's done it so many times? If he can't and he loses to Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, to the Phoenix Suns, that is, like, is this the beginning of the end of, like, that era where LeBron can control the game by himself and he doesn't need anyone else to help him do that? It is. It is. I think it is. But um, the Lakers, they're just, a, they're just wounded animals right now. And to me, Chris Paul, you might not ever have a better opportunity. To get a chip. <laughs> Because that's the that's the only team that you fear out west. It's the Lakers. You don't fear the Utah Jazz. I'm not fearing the Clippers, bro. The Clippers barely hanging on to Luka Doncic, and it's just Luka. You don't fear the Clippers because they're the Clippers. You don't fear the, my Mavericks. You don't fear the Memphis Grizzlies. You don't fear the Denver Nuggets. You only fear one man, and that's the right Phoenix Suns. Because Devin Booker going drop like no. Anyway, that's a we can we can talk about the whole Phoenix Suns for a whole episode. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I just got that CP3 like this show approved now. But um, I feel that. Yeah. But let's get let's get to our final segment of today's show, the two minute drill. Yeah. Now, what's happening with Naomi Osaka? Because we mentioned her earlier. Yeah, Naomi Osaka, um, one of the with Coco, one of the bubbling uh, young tennis stars, probably going to take over. Probably going to be the face of tennis when Serena's done. Um, yeah. This just I think it happened today. 
um, she just uh, posted or not she just posted, but she just released a statement saying she's going to, you know, kind of kind of bow out from the French Open. Because if you didn't know, like, I think yesterday, the day before, after her match, when she beat, I forgot the young girl's name, but she beat, um, she beat somebody and she just didn't go to the press conference. Even though when she went to the French Open, she told, she told the French Open, as board, I don't know how tennis works, but like, board she said that she's not going to be doing any media any press because of mental health reasons and she just wants to play tennis and that's it she's like i don't want to really talk to anybody about this and um i think i have the tweet right here what she said i think before she got fined she got fined fifteen thousand dollars for not showing up so she didn't show up even though she let them know that she wasn't going to show up and they still find her anyways and then after that, she said, yeah. anger is lack of understanding. Yeah. Change makes people uncomfortable. That's what she tweeted after she yeah, uh, was fine. I know I know she got bread at this point in time, but like she could have just played the whole Marshall on this day. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> but the thing <laughs> is, in tennis, in tennis is different. And tennis is different because you can't do that. Like the thing is, in tennis, like I think well, Serena just had a first conference today. John McEnroe made a, made a career out of ranting and doing shit like that. Granted, I guess he had to complain. But see, granted, surreal, granted, you have two black women, a, uh, a Japanese and Haitian, and a black American women. Uh, women, I might add. Uh, shut up. <laughs> women, I might add. So it's obviously going to be a negative connotation if if they have that approach, if they approach in that way, obviously it's going to be received negatively because one – they're women, and two, they're women of color. You know, one again, like I said, one being Japanese and Haitian, and one being from Compton. Like, obviously, it's going to be there's going to be dis, you know, um, a disgruntle with that. So I think, um, so I guess my question is, do you think the mental health of you know of athletes is more than than the media than actually doing media? I think we touched on this with Kyrie when he didn't want to do the media. So. How do you feel about athletes when it comes to mental health and the media? First of all, like I always say, your mental health is the most important thing because I always say like the best ability is not necessarily availability, it's mental stability because if you don't have a right state of mind, nothing else matters. So I I just want to preface this by saying that with Naomi Osaka, like, I hope that whatever it is that you're going through, hope you take care of that because that's the most important. But I will say this about this generation, not to sound like the old head. I know that's one of my nicknames on this show. But it's like, is you think that this gen, like this is the only generation that had to deal with like mental health issues, and yeah. so, and I hate to be like that old man, like get off my lawn. But imagine like, like have to deal with like the shit that Jackie Robinson had to deal with, or like yeah. hey, him. Or like Bill Russell when he was playing for the Boston Celtics, you know what oh, I mean? Like, God, Jesus, you know, like, that was peak racism. <laughs> that was like I'm like you know I'm getting like imagine dealing yeah. like like doing the era like Jim Crow and shit like this, like when a racial tension was at an all time high and how that mm-hmm. affected their mental health, but yet they continued and they persevered. Mm-hmm. Like this generation, I just think like come on, like we like we kind of stop using this whole mental health thing as far as not talking to the media. Like, sometimes you just got to suck it up because I'm going to tell you what, your problems don't go away from, from running away from them. Grant, that's not mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say that she's doing because maybe she's going to take care of her mental health like like yeah. we suggested. But I think, like, come mm-hmm. on, like, you cannot run away from adversity. You got to embrace that shit head on. I mean, I think mental health and racial injustice 
are two sides of a of a really drastic spectrum because uh mental health is a fight that you can only fight within yourself. It's not a right. fight that it's not a fight that you can physically see and try to fight. It's something within yourself you're trying to fight. As someone who's dealt with mental health, it's a fight you have to it's it's a fight of self basically. And so I think um you know Naomi Saka is already a shy person. Um you know she's dating yeah. uh Corday and they're both pretty secluded and shy, not shy, but really quiet and secluded people. Yeah, um, they're introverted people. So. They're really introverted people, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I think for her, in an, I'm gonna take the stand of the young, the young Gen Z millennial kid, where it's like I think we're at a point where the younger generation is is more vocal about how we feel because prior to that, you know, the older generation y'all didn't have that environment to be vocal about how you feel like i have my parents who are in their mid-50s my dad you know is you know public service he was, he was a police officer fire marshal and he's seen things and been through things that will you know ptsd and that will you know harbor on you but he doesn't speak about it and you know until i went to therapy and i told him about it he started speaking about it you know he never had the opportunity to speak about it same with my mom you know, so it's like the past couple of generations, they haven't had the opportunity to talk about it because you're fighting Jim Crow. You're fighting these things. So you don't really, you're not really thinking about, I'm depressed. Like, nigga, I'm not trying to die today. Like, like I'm, I'm not worried about depression. I'm not trying to die when I go outside because of the color of my skin. So I understand that. But I think um, our ancestors did the work that they did. So we can now, as kids of color, be in a place to where we can vocalize Okay, we kind of we. I mean, we still got to worry about being black in America, but we can now kind of have a conversation about mental health. So I think, you know, if I was a professional athlete, I would still take the side of Naomi Osaka because it's like, again, you have to look. You're looking at it from the perspective of you're just playing a game. You're not looking at it from the perspective of this is your job, because whatever job I have, I know I'm not gonna perform my best if I'm mentally not there. Like, you know, when it, either come, when it comes to writing, reporting, or whatever, if I'm mentally not there to do my job, for me, I might as well just take a day off or just not do it because it's not going to be my best. So I think for her, I un, I can relate to that where it's like, I just, I'm here to play tennis. I don't really want to talk to no one just because I'm not really there to do that. So I, I understand that. And I take the side of athletes that do kind of speak out when it comes to like, hey, and I feel like that should be a thing to where it's like leagues have to understand they're athletes, but they're still people and they still deal with things. And would you rather have Naomi on like painkillers or popping pills or something just to be awake and just to kind of get through this? Or would you rather, I'd rather her be more vocal about this is what I'm going through. And, you know, like she did today where she's like, you know, what? I just won't compete. I'm fine with that. And I feel like, you know, like she has a multi-year uh, Nike deal. She has a lot of deals. She's not really hurt for money. So she's at a point in her career where she's like, no, nah, I'm good. And she doesn't have to compete. And so it's like, um, you know, congrats. That's, you know, big ups to her. And I feel like a lot of, a lot more athletes should speak on their mental health. Cause I think when Kevin Love does it, it's, oh, we got to start a whole new branch in the NBA PA for athletes. But when a Kyrie, or name you a uh, Naomi Osaka or Ronda Rosen involved with that too though, ain't he? Not that I know of. I think it was just Kevin Love. I think 
Because DeMar DeRozan, he's like I one think, of the biggest advocates of outside Kevin. I think of, DeMar DeRozan and PG. I think, but that, but that's the thing. DeMar DeRozan and Paul George both spoke on that, and but Kevin Love is still like front and center for it. Which you know, that's not, I'm not taking that away from Kevin Love because Kevin Love definitely went through some stuff, but right. it kind of you see kind of a pattern of like the response each person kind of gives when they advocate for their mental health. And I've, and I'm just going based off of the responses from, you know, fans and the audience of these athletes and when they speak up about it. So my thing is shout out to Naomi Osaka, shout out to Japan, shout out to Haiti, but I under, I, I get where she's coming from and I, I understand it. And I stand by her just, you know, I'm not going to be a distraction. I'm going to just leave because my mental, basically her state, basically what she did is like my mental health is more than what, what my job is right now. And I feel like that's what everyone should feel like, because like you said, your mental stability should be bigger than a lot of other things. And that should really come first. So for sure. One thing I would say about this generation and that this is the generation uh, that basically is like, I'm not going to take no more shit no more. And I love that about this generation, but I will say this though. And this also goes for Naomi Osaka, like just whatever it is, just work it out. You know, don't let that be your crutch forever. Cause I feel like a lot of, there's a lot of people out there that use mental yeah. health as like a get out of jail free card. For sure. And so I feel like you know whatever's by you, like get that shit ironed out ASAP. That's so yeah. Possible. Now there's a uh, lot of there's a lot there's a lot of ancient niggas. I know this is not a dating podcast. There's a lot of ancient niggas. Actually, not niggas. A lot of ancient people that use that as a crutch in relationships. Yeah. So. Like I'm going to get help. I got a therapist, so you can't, you can't tell me I meet with her every Wednesday. You can't tell me that I'm not. So yeah, just do something about it. Don't use it as a crutch because no. Exactly. Now on a much lighter note, before we wrap up, talking here. about crutches, uh, <laughs> who's gonna be in crutches? Who's gonna be in crutches? Like Man, who's more likely to get knocked out this Sunday? Is it? That's a stretch. Yeah, that was a good. Logan Paul against Floyd Mayweather. Or Chad Ocho Single Johnson against Brian Maxwell. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Okay, this is turning to a 20 minute drill, but I'm keeping it short and sweet. Um, (laughs) I'm gonna just say Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather is going to do what he's been doing. That's why he's 50 and 0. He's gonna play. This is not a real fight. I don't know. Everyone's gonna come with the expectation like, oh, Floyd gonna knock him out. Woo woo. This is not even a real fight for any championship. Floyd even said to himself, this is, I'm getting the bag, that's it. Floyd's going to come in, run around the ring a little bit, do a little whoop, whoop, whoop. He'll probably throw a couple, he'll probably throw a handful of punches, survive the rounds, win or lose. I don't even think he's losing, but he's not going to lose. But he's. this is not going to be a, I don't want people expecting this to be a, yo, we finna, it's a, it's a knuckle ting, like, yo, fam, yo, we're going to, like, no, he's going to do what he does. He's going to play defense. Play the points game, win, get the bag, get out of there. Chad Johnson, um, the undercard fight. I think that's gonna be entertaining to watch. That's Chad Johnson is a, the most. Chad Johnson <laughs> is a I've never seen athlete. Chad fight before. I have not seen. I, we need to get Chad Johnson on the podcast. But Chad Johnson, him is, line, Oh, we well, have, yeah, we have, we have, we have, we have reached out to Ocho Cinco for sure. I want to interview Ocho Siegel for sure. But um, Ocho, Chad Johnson, as an athlete, freak athlete, um, I think he played professional soccer. I think he, you know, he did that for a little bit. I think 
I think it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a decent fight because Chad Ocho Cinco's in shape. He's not out of shape, um, and I feel like if he's been training for this, it's gonna be interesting to watch. I can't really tell you who's gonna win and who's not gonna win. I just know it's gonna be an interesting fight. Yeah, but um, do you have a prediction as far as like do you think Chad wins or does Chad get dropped? I don't think Chad gonna get dropped. I will say it goes to like a scores decision. I don't think Chad Johnson. I agree with that. I agree with that because, like you said, at the end of the day, like this is not. This is basically gonna be like scripted here. So I feel like both yeah. guys gonna work it out because Chad he has a brand to protect. I guess this yeah. twelve guy who's basically someone that none of us heard of. He doesn't want to get embarrassed by a former pro football athlete. Yeah. So I feel like they'll work something on that regard. As for Floyd and Logan Paul. I think Floyd drops him. <laughs> oh, I mean, my, TKO. my thing is, if Floyd drops him, Floyd's a GOAT. Not even because he dropped like Logan he's Paul. Already the goat. He's already the GOAT, but it's going to be fire just to see Floyd. Because Logan Paul is, what, 6'3", something? Like, you got the, the, the GOAT knocked you out, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, it'll be, it, I, don't think, I don't think Floyd will knock anybody out. He hasn't knocked anybody out in a while, so um, I don't know I about that. Knockout was Victor Ortiz, and that was whew, how long ago was that? <laughs> over like, nine years ago. Exactly. So the probability that he knocks him out is low, but Man, that was a lucky. That was lucky. Just that Victor Ortiz dropped his guard, and the floor is just like two piece though. But um, I think I just think it's gonna be again. This is just entertainment, man. This is just entertainment purposes, pay per view purposes. Um, so I just think people gotta stop expecting much out of these fights because they're just entertainment at the end of the day. So exactly. All right, bro. It's about that time for us to plug ourselves on the way out of here. So let everybody know where they can find you on social media. You can like if, if you're new here to Out of Bounds podcast, you know you can follow me at Lino Austin at every social platform, TikTok. I don't be posting TikToks like that, but I'll be on TikTok lurking. I'll be looking at videos, TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, all that stuff. Just Lino Austin. Um, I got some true urban culture articles coming out about Kyrie, about the NBA, about fashion, whatever you like. But if you dislike, I got you. I'm gonna hold it down for you on the editorial side. So I got some of those coming out. And um, I may be in California for a little photography situation. So okay. be on the lookout for that, too. Okay, dope, dope. All right, so um, I'm going to plug Donovan since he's not here. Mr. Donnie, Don, Donnie, don't call him Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check out his check out his articles coming out. Um, I believe he's working on a piece in regards to like the Mount Rushmore of hip-hop, like who belongs at the foreface of, the pa- of this past decade. So look out for that. And um, yeah, as for me, you know who I am, Liddell the Fashionista. You can follow me there. But what I would love for you guys to do the most is this like this video if you enjoyed it, subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell. That way, you're notified anytime we go live or we publish a new video. And also, share this with your network. Help us grow our Tuck family, be a part of our True Agriculture Tuck family. And let's just, let's just rock out together. All right, so once again, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. You know, stay tuned next week for the big three. We'll be we'll be back in full effect for all three of us. And um, you know, as we always do over here, you know, with our conversation, we always go take it out of bounds because that's what we do. We give it to you raw and uncut. 
So hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll catch y'all next week. Peace.